Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi, friends. Welcome to our discussion of Succession, Season 4, Episode 10, the series finale. Uh, So sad, but let's do our round of introductions and dive in. Hi, I'm Violet. Hi, I'm Kimberly. And I'm Kate. So the episode is called Eyes Wide Open, and without even having to check with you, Kimberly, I'm quite confident that Jesse Armstrong wrote this episode and Mark Mylod directed it, the dream team. This episode's going to be long as fuck, but quickly, what were your overall feelings? Because even after watching it twice now, I'm not sure how I feel exactly. Like, it's it's cool that it's come full circle and ended where it started with Kendall so close to having this thing he wants so desperately and then having it ripped out from under him. Mm-hmm. Everybody fucking each other over like they have all series long, but I just don't know how I feel overall. What about you? I I loved it. Uh, the flow of the whole episode, which obviously we'll get into in a second, but just the way they have basically like slowly um regress back to like children yeah <laughs> and the whole the whole scene at, on the, in the caribbean it was great yes i love the caribbean too yeah but it just felt like uh it, it felt like it was best for everyone for them not to be getting the company even though they don't know that for sure yeah i agree with that wholeheartedly because even in the beginning of the season they were kind of better off they're better versions of themselves in the beginning of the season when they're working together and trying mm-hmm. to come up with some other thing to do than they were for the rest of the season when they're just backstabbing each other and toxic and, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely, like, the best outcome. Assuming that Kendall doesn't kill himself. That's what I was about to say. Like, it's the best outcome unless, <laughs> like, Kendall just goes into a deep fucking spiral. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling that he's, that it's, like, where... Because the thing he said about his dad telling him when he was seven oh, that yeah. he was going to be CEO and it's, yeah. like... He's basically been in like a hostage situation since then with this idea. Yeah. Right. So I feel like it's, it's like somebody leaving a hostile environment. It's like, he's going to be dealing with the trauma of it, but it's like, he needed to get out of that and figure out who he actually was. Yeah. So I think like, I think it will be, I don't know. My guess is that he probably will like come to terms with it and it'll be like really, really hard. And I don't know. But then good on the other side. I feel like he thinks he's going to die without it. And then it's like getting it ripped out from under him. He might realize how bad it was. Yeah. When I finished, I kind of felt like I didn't feel anything really. I was just, oh, so that happened. <laughs> it was really strange feeling. <laughs> I was like numb almost. I was like, damn, like, I really don't know how I feel about what just happened. And then I kind of came to the conclusion, like, I felt a little bit sad a few hours later thinking about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I kind of figured that because I didn't really know who I wanted to like win air quotes, like the company, right. but I kind of feel like maybe now I wanted Kendall to, to succeed just because all the shit he's been through. You know what I mean? Right. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I thought it, it was a good episode. Like, obviously, it's, it's great writing, you know, great acting as always. Right, right, right. Obviously. I just yeah. was, I'm still not sure about how I feel about how it's ended. Yeah, I think even the thing for me is usually like the night after and the morning after any of these episodes, I'm like thinking about it nonstop. And I actually yeah. wasn't even doing that like this morning. Like, yeah, like, it's hard. It was hard. It was different than I expected, I guess, is what I can gather at this point. I think it's hard because it's like what Kendall's character has been about this whole time is like, this is what he wants. And so we as an audience feel like he should get it. But then it's like, but should he? You know, like, does he know what's best for him? So that's that's where I'm kind of like, glad that even though it hurts him deeply 
that he needed an escape. Yeah, I feel like obviously there's going to be another season, but it would be cool to see like how they all kind of fared after the finale. You know what I mean? I think Roman will be much happier. Yeah, I feel like this is the first ending of an episode where I had any hope whatsoever that they could maybe not continue to be horrible people. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm not just sure. for a second, I was like, maybe they could, Shiv, maybe not. <laughs> but the other two, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, Shiv's still fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure about Shiv. Yeah. She just like, either way, she was fucked because she's never going to get that position that she feels like she deserves. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, she's always going to be under Tom, always under Matson, who wants to fuck her, not hire yeah. her, <laughs> and like under her brothers in the other situation. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no good choice for her. No, but Matson was like the most sexist motherfucker I've ever in this episode. It was yeah, wild. Yeah. All right. <laughs> episode opens once again, like we first met Kendall being chauffeured around, presumably by Fikret. And we learn from the news voiceover that the regulatory concerns have receded. The merger is on for tomorrow. Ken walks in the office and he's like super confident, Ken, only for Telus to immediately tell Kendall that Stewie's not on their side. They don't have the numbers. And he doesn't like... He's very much in denial of this. It doesn't really affect him as much as it should, I think. He's, like, so confident he'll get the votes. And Telus goes through him. So he only has four votes locked in so far. And we know that there is 13 people. So he's got, you know, at least three to go in the course of this day. But he's confident. And nobody knows where Roman is or where he stands. Which was, like, because you had to bully him, Kendall. Stupid. Also, my only note after the scene is that Telus does kind of look like a telly bear. Quite a cute nickname for him. he's cute which is very cute yeah i actually i like telus even later on the phone like i've always liked him like i i get that they're just like later on the phone's funny yeah they just don't want to deal with him i guess but i I feel like he has reasonable advice except obviously they push him to be on like to say things that they want to hear right which they do with everybody but i feel like he could give them good advice if they just listen to what he has to say because he seems smart yeah i agree uh all right they were with Shiv and Matson, which does not feel good. The vibe coming from Matson is like so off. And I can't believe Shiv's doing all this work for him without anything in writing. That's insane. Yeah, his attitude in the scene is just like the biggest red flag ever, even before we see the cartoon. Uh, and that she also has a good line about Roman where she says, and he might not even show up from whatever jerk dungeon he's been pity spanked in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that, that fits. That makes sense. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Right. Yeah. I kind of expected, I mean, it would be almost like too silly for this show, but for them to find him in some like dark, like a really bad situation. Dirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I expected not the outcome that he smartly flew to his mom's house, you know. It's adorable, though. It's kind of like it, right. it plays into the whole thing of them going back to their like childhood, like regressing or whatever. So, right. Childlikeness. He's always the most childlike sitting on the floor in like fetal position all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, one of the topics being discussed is Tom's potential killing. I think Shiv is entirely on Tom's side at this point, but she's playing it realistically. She presents both sides of the Tom argument to Matson. She's not going to, you know, like go down for him, but she's doing something. And ultimately, her line, Tom will suck the biggest dick in the room, is probably the reason he's going to win the whole shebang in the end. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I think uh, Matson was like, got it. So I'm going to switch it to Tom. <laughs> This guy will do anything to please me. So mm-hmm. that's great. Right. He doesn't want somebody like Shiv who no. would have her own thoughts and try to tell him what to do. He wants somebody that's just going to do whatever he says. 
It just like bugs me so much how stupid she was, how naive she was in this situation. And and she did a lot for him. She got, you know, she got the Indian number situation fixed. She's getting all his votes. Like, God damn it, Chef. I mean, I can sort of I can sort of understand the first push because obviously she wanted to prove herself to him. Yeah. But at this point, it's like we're in so deep. She definitely should have gotten him to like sign something. <laughs> I like how she says that Tom is a highly interchangeable modular part. And I would say that to his face. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's so true, though. It's funny, too, in relation to Kendall at the end when he's like, I am a cog that was made for this company. It's yeah. all I can do. I'll die without it. But they went with the interchangeable modular piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Poor Kendall. I feel so bad for Kendall this episode. <laughs> it's so, he's such, I mean, Jeremy's fucking amazing because Kendall's an asshole. They're all assholes and yet you feel so much for them. Like, I honestly think that that is just, like the incredibleness of the show. Their ability. Exactly. Every episode to make you feel for somebody that you fucking despised five seconds ago, you know? Yeah. Okay. Shiv's mom interrupts a meeting, allowing us to see Matson staring at the cartoon of Shiv pulling his puppet strings, which is obviously not going to sit well with him, but First, the Caroline call. I assume the Caribbean clear air we heard referenced in the last episode was for a reason, and it was. One of Shiv's brothers has run to mummy, and she can't tell her who, but it's not Kendall. <laughs> so Shiv's going to go. Uh, what is the ratio here, do you guys think, of politics versus because she cares about her brother? Is it 100 to 0? Mm. Or do you think she's going at all because she cares about him? Maybe like 80-20. Yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> Heavily politics. <laughs> Although she definitely cares about him more than Kendall, so maybe a bit more. Right. And especially when she gets there and sees him, I think she cares. Yeah. Because I think it's a little bit offensive to her that Kendall, I mean, that, yeah, that Kendall keeps saying you're just here to get him on your side. And she's like, he's struggling. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that was genuine. Yeah. I also think the way that she tries to sell it to Matson, like, she seems like she's kind of lying to him. Yeah. That mm-hmm. exchange made me think that maybe she was going to be with Roman. Totally. As opposed to the way she's selling it, you know, both. That's a great point. Like she doesn't want him to realize that she's got feelings involved in this. And... She's going to her brother. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I liked when Caroline was like, it's one of her, bro- it's one of your brothers and it's not Kendall. And she was just like, let me crack the code. Hmm. Let me crack the code. Who could it be? <laughs> Also, I know Connor is not her son, but yeah, oh. he's not even in the running. Yeah. Every time they say something like that, it's like they just don't even, he's not even a part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> no. And he wasn't in this episode much. I was bummed. I know. Like she could have said one of, one of my sons and it's, but she says nice. one of your brothers, like she doesn't have another brother. Yeah. No, you're entirely right. Yeah, so on the way out from that call, Shiv sees the profile that he's staring at, and, like, she's concerned, but she doesn't seem to understand the extent of how obviously fucked she is, and I don't know why she doesn't get that. But uh, she offers to wipe it from the internet, and Matson pretends he doesn't care, doesn't bother him, and then she tells him she's going to go get Rome on their side, because it'll look better if they have siblings smiling in the picture. They have the numbers without him, but it would just be an abundance of nice to have him too, she says. The whole way she was talking there felt very... I don't know, something about it was like she was just floundering around, I guess because she was lying about her reasons. But again, it kind of sounds like when Kendall does that, like it was just a little sad and kind of pathetic Mm -hmm. the way she was talking. I think it also had to do with 
him being less vibey colder or something yeah and she's like trying not to think about it or trying to yeah exactly some sort of denial-ish situation pretend like everything's fine denial yeah even though they're not having their normal chemistry banter thing that makes sense because it yeah she's it was very clear to us that she was falling from his like right i don't know grace or whatever (laughs) like he wasn't as interested in her yeah at that point then Shiv calls Tom on the tarmac and he wants to know if he's going to get fired because Matson keeps making him hang out with him and play online video games. And he's dying to just fucking know if he's toast. Shiv doesn't know, but she just wants to talk about their relationship, which felt very unshiv-like to me. Tom's assuming an amicable divorce. And I, I think it was a misstep when she called it convenient to stay together, but it was worth it for Tom's laugh and his line, yeah, it would be incredibly convenient because you would be married to your husband. That made me laugh. He also calls her out for not wanting to fail. He thinks she just doesn't want to admit defeat in the marriage. And she finally gets honest and interestingly says, you always fear the worst thing the other person might think about you. And that's why she always kept him at a distance. But now that they've both said all the worst things to each other, they don't have to fear that anymore, which is an interesting point to make for sure. But I'm not sure it's a compelling reason to stay married to somebody. Uh, Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I like how she called it the underneaths. Yeah. yeah, we've seen the underneaths. I liked that phrase. They are able to verbalize things with words you wouldn't expect, but they get across like very clearly. And you're like, yes, I understand what you're saying. That's something all humans feel, you know? Um, but I'm still continually surprised by how much she wants Tom back, you know? Do you think it's because of the baby that she doesn't want to parent without him? Definitely the baby, I think, is playing a large part. But I also think there are genuine feelings there. And maybe they've come about simply because Tom doesn't care anymore. Like when he used to just chase her, then she didn't, you know, she treated him like trash and she wasn't interested. And now that he's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that could definitely be a reason. That happens a lot, you know, like someone's chasing you. Uh They stop and then you, wow, like you're suddenly interested. Yeah, right, exactly. It's fucked up, but it's human nature. And she doesn't have control over him now. She can't get him to like, I mean, even when she's like, laying it out there she can't he just says i don't know like she still can't even get him to say yes you know let's give it a go Mm -hmm. so i think it's an insecurity for her probably like she's never felt insecure in their relationship because she's always been the one that she didn't have to love him he just was there yeah but now it's like he's gonna leave maybe you know he she's his interest is not there anymore and so she's feeling insecure about it i think even if she doesn't like quite verbalize that right and she has like nobody right can't really depend on her siblings she realizes that she maybe should have kept tom in her corner i also think like this call and the way that he says that like i don't know if i can do this or i don't know if we can get back together is a pretty big reason that she yeah that he became ceo right in the end because it's like the reason that she went with him yeah i agree it's really interesting yeah and she's because she's really sad after he says i don't know you know you can see it on her face. So, uh, Kendall's leaving voicemails on Stewie's phone. Hugo's still working a spy gig, and he gets Rome's location from Greg and Ratfucker Sam. Greg got it from Tom, obviously, but um, I think they just wanted to reference Ratfucker Sam one more time in the show, maybe. It also could have just um, like confirmed what Greg was saying. Yeah, who did he learn it from? Caroline, maybe? I remember Logan saying Ratfucker Sam in one episode, and then Kendall, yeah. I think, said it. And, but I, yeah. I thought they were talking about, like, just America. 
America. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know that guy that, like, recruits people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam. Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam. That one. That's who I thought they were talking about. <laughs> uh, I think that's adorable. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, Greg is doing a lot of good spying in this episode. Yeah, seriously. The uh, the translation app made me proud of him. Yes, that was very smart. All right. Uh, and Kendall calls his mom, finds out Shiv's coming too, and realizes he's got to go or he'll lose the Roman vote. And here I can confidently say Kendall is going 100% for politics. Caroline almost sounds like a real mom for a minute in this call, saying how fragile Roman is and she doesn't want Kendall to come here to put the thumbscrews in him. But Kendall's on his way already. So put the thumbscrews in him. The only thing that made me laugh, Jess is gone. Kendall was like, new Jess, new Jess. Oh, yeah. Awful. <laughs> See him calling her that for eternity, too. All of his assistants knew Jess. Also, Jess got the fuck out real fast. Yeah. I know. Wasn't that like yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> I think he probably made her like yeah. in anger. I think he, yeah, he probably was like, now that you've told me that you're gone, don't come in tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Like she intended to do her month or two weeks or whatever and teach the new assistant, but he was like petty and pissed off. That's my guess. Yeah. Maybe she was relieved, honestly. But yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to work in that environment at that point. No. Probably got a nice chunk of payout, too. Yeah, you would hope so. Because she knows everything, you know? Yeah. And when Shiv gets to her mom's house, Roman comes out looking adorable in his little stripy t-shirt. I don't know why the costume struck me so much. I don't know mm-hmm. if we normally see them dressed down like that or something, but it did. It was very childlike, too. Like, it looked like something that, like, a little boy would wear. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah, yeah. It made him look littler, like a little boy, exactly. And Shiv's horrified by the cut on his head. Caroline says he looked a lot better than when he got there. She couldn't look at him when he first arrived, which is such a shitty Caroline, you know, mom line. Like, I can't look at you. The blood on your child. And Roman's like, yeah, that's true. Peter did my eye drops. Oh my <laughs> God. That cracked me up. I was just imagining like Peter Munyon like drawing fucking I know. With Roman's head back and he rolled yeah. his eyes open. I can picture all of that. I don't even know why he needs the eye drops, but I like picturing that. So Why can't Roman do his own fucking eye drops? Yeah. <laughs> I, can t- I can see that though. My mom doesn't do her own eye drops. There are people out there that yeah. don't. <laughs> Um, and then Caroline calls eyes face sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> that whole exchange was so fun and awful. <laughs> yeah, she can't stand, like, thinking about eyes. And she was like, you mean the things that you look into on everyone all day long? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just jelly in your head or something? Yeah. Ah, oh, Caroline. And Kendall finally gets Stewie to pick up the phone, and that's all it took for Stewie to switch to Team Ken, I guess. Uh, I was surprised at the ease of that. Then Lawrence, he gets an audio cameo. I was bummed we didn't get a cameo cameo from him, but he's obviously the guy that Kendall fucked in season one, and somehow he's back in the picture, though we don't know how yet. He's the one who Logan said basically destroyed them, right? Is Volta? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking he was like too like innocent for that world during that. But yeah, he fucked their company in. So now he's back for revenge. He was in the very first episode, right? Wasn't that like the first big meeting Kendall was having was trying to secure them? Yeah. And he fucked it, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he fucked that meeting with him. When Kendall gets to his mom's, Shiv gets real defensive of Roman telling Kendall to back off. But Kendall is not backing off. Oh, and then Caroline comes out and it's literally like probably the highlight of her entire lifetime of momming when she says, well, I'm looking after him (laughs) Yeah, Uh, to try to get Kendall to back off. She has a couple little sweet moments in this episode where you're like, okay, this is really her episode. Same with last episode as well with um, 
in the future with uh, Carrie. Oh my God, you're right. True. Yeah, there were so many actually in the funeral too. Yay for her last mm-hmm. couple episodes. Going out strong. Yeah, but Kendall's intensity does not subside, as is also represented by his suit versus everybody else's leisure clothes. I literally wrote it down. Imagine just going to the Caribbean in a suit, like arriving Shit. and like buttoning your jacket as you get out of the car. And it's like, right. You never change. How long a flight is that, Pia? I think she lives in Barbados, right? Five hours or something, probably from New York. I love how they literally can just call the private jet and be like, hey. Like, can I board this plane in, like, five minutes? Okay, cool. See ya. See you then. Bye. Yeah, to fly to another country, you know? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Just because uh, on a whim. Yeah. It is crazy. And it is five hours. Rich people, though, you know? Yeah. And the fact, I mean, if it's a five-hour flight, the fact that he wasn't even going to stay for dinner, he just wanted to come there, be like, okay, Roman, get right. on the plane. Let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kendall's intensity drives Roman off and allows for another great Caroline moment mocking Kendall and his huge board meeting like she hasn't heard that excuse her whole fucking life that was funny too now we're at Tom and Matson's third hang which takes place in an art gallery where Tom is yelling at Greg for Tom's own complete awkwardness apparently Greg's supposed to sweep in and smooth over Tom's horrible socializing with Matson, and he really is the fucking worst around Matson. he comes off as such an idiot like Greg couldn't even fix that if he wanted to I found it funny though that Tom's asking greg to like not be socially awkward and like i know (laughs) and i'm like uh okay asking the wrong person (laughs) yeah yeah he should definitely have a different person for this job but anyway he also tells greg to up his spying which he's good at to go figure out what's going on with madison's team Tom saying um, when he's they're looking at that like art and then when he goes to Greg the colors go is that a sentence (laughs) colors go like he's just like he's questioning (laughs) his own phrasing and asking Greg if it's yeah he said it right it's great and we also learn how much Greg makes which is 200,000 but Tom threatens it's gonna go down to 30 40 I think he might have even threatened 20k yeah (laughs) you know the shit out of him I like numbers. I want to know how much Tom gets paid. Oh my right? god. Fortune. Well, now. A double fortune. I mean, he probably makes like 10 mil now, if not more. Probably more, actually. You reckon? The head of ATN? Yeah, the head of ATN. Let's see. Let's look how much the head of Fox News makes. All right. So the Murdochs make like $20 million. So about that for ATN head, let's say. That's Ruben Murdoch, right? He is Australian, but I thought you were. It, this is all like taken from the Murdochs actual life i mean it's definitely made a million times funnier all right back in barbados i enjoyed the line early bird gets the roam as kendall joins shiv outside to brag about a couple things she might be interested in he got stewie back and then the bomb the implication is matson's talking to lawrence which she didn't know she pretends she knew but kendall knows he got her there And then Roman comes out, seeing the gathering for what it is, a fucking scorpion party for the human fucking boat. Offers them each one of his arms, and they'll fuck off. And Shiv offers the boys jobs if she takes over as US CEO, which they call jobs at the mall, and tries to talk them into supporting her. She wants the uncles in her kid's life. And when they act like she's the cunt, she's like, what the fuck? You guys grabbed the crown and pushed me out all season. Cunt is as cunt does, Kendall explains. And as they argue, Roman reflects on the lovely evening on the terrace. But he's still out there with them. He's always drawn to being like physically near them, even when they're being assholes to him or fucking him over. Yeah. Or like Kendall was yesterday. Uh, maybe they're all drawn to each other, but 
definitely him especially I, I feel like yeah he feels better in their presence even when they're being dicks to him I liked when Shiv was like I don't want my baby to lose their uncles and all of their sexist and homophobic jokes yeah basically <laughs> I don't remember seeing her interact with her niece and nephew but can't imagine that she's an amazing aunt. Oh, the, the kids that we never see. Yeah. <laughs> Although I could see Rava trying to keep them away from all of them a little bit. Yeah, right. definitely. Because she doesn't feel safe, which would be accurate. Yeah. I mean, he literally, Logan, remember Logan hit that kid in the head with a can of cranberry sauce or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, and then the shit later where he's like, they're, they weren't real kids. They weren't because they're adopted. Oh my they're not God. part of the family. Uh, yeah. Dude, the randos or the something. The way Roman yeah. says that. It's awful. So oh I felt God. so bad. It's like so it was funny. so fucking bad. I was like, oh my God, did you really just say that? Like in show, I'm like, I was thinking, how the fuck am I even surprised? Like, uh-huh. really? Uh-huh. How? Was... I think it was weird coming from Roman though. It was. Shiv would say something like that, I feel. But Shiv told him, Shiv was like, Rome. Even in the yeah, course know, of that scene always... where mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, she thought it was too much. Yeah, even she thought it was too much, which is like crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was probably a direct quote from his dad, but still oh, yeah. horrible to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, back at the hang, Matt's inside some more New York City shit talking. All the fish in New York are Xerox copies of the same fish. And then they get down to business. Tom basically tells him he'll do whatever the fuck he wants. And then he gets real. He sees himself as a grinder because he's a worrier. Basically, he worries all the fucking time. And he claims it makes him work hard, though I've never seen that. But he definitely worries. He says all night about everything. All the threats to me, my division, my physical body. Uh, I thought it he, like felt like near tears when he's being like this honest about himself and that worry drives him. Well, and it's such a good pitch because it's like he's he's giving a strength and a weakness kind of in one thing. You know what I mean? Like it just felt very right. like I could see somebody thinking that was especially somebody that doesn't have a heart. It's not like Madison cares about Tom's well-being. Like, right. just, but it's just Tom being like, I'll be tortured and I don't, I'm not going to complain. Like that's do anything for you. Yeah. That's what he wants to hear. So I have a high tolerance for pain. Right. That's why he was so good at biting. Ah. True. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That's a good point. <laughs> I'll never lose a biting. <laughs> we should have known right then that Tom was going to be the CEO. <laughs> He's going to come out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then Madsen gets real. He has had a lot of these moments, interestingly enough. Only with Tom and Shiv, though. Madsen complains Shiv was pushy on the India topic, which is so fucked up because she saved him on that for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also reveals she fucked herself by inviting him to that party and telling him how to schmooze people. And now he thinks it's fucking easy. So he doesn't want her because, one, she has too many ideas and he just wants to use his own ideas. And two, he thinks he can network her people easily now. Mm-hmm. And then three is the fucking kicker. He tells Tom he wants to fuck his wife and he thinks she totally would. Totally be into that. <laughs> Not now. I think that, like, I, obviously, it's horrible and disgusting for him to say that. But I, I think it was a little bit of a test because, yeah, he could be like, "I want to fuck How your wife," and Tom you? doesn't give a sh- like. Yeah, if Tom doesn't give a shit yeah. about that or acts like he doesn't, at least, then he knows Tom's going to value the career over anyone in his life. Yeah. No. Oh, it was sad to watch. It's about as yeah fucked up as you can be as a man having someone tell you to your mm-hmm. face your wife would fuck him and just sitting there and taking it because like you said he wants the power like it's fine we're men yeah we're men awful lines he wants the facade of power more than anything self respect his wife's honor does not matter you're absolutely right that that is like the ultimate test but he'll do anything for Matson I mean he admitted it I guess in the episode where they had the conversation he's like I like nice things and all that 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, people are being pretty honest this season. Oh, yeah. And then for the most sexist line on the fucking planet, if I could have anyone in the world, why don't I get the guy who put the baby inside her instead of the baby lady? Oh, my fucking God. Jeez. You fucking disgusting piece of misogynistic trash. I cannot believe. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Any any ounce of, like, fun Matson that you might hang out with at a party just, like, died right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. He was he was still uh-huh. horrible, so I don't know why I would even say that. Like, I don't want a guy who's sending blood bricks to people, but this is like <laughs> somehow worse. <laughs> I know, and her husband's taking it. Oh, awful! It's all awful. Um, but he's like, you know, obviously shocked that he's just like it's dawning on him with that sentence that's so fucked up. Yeah, that he's gonna fucking have it all. Like he never saw that as the outcome. You know, I would say nobody would have seen that as the outcome except the preview kind of gave it away yeah like preview gave a lot away it did i'm kind of bummed that mm-hmm. preview gave so much away and he assures mattson he could definitely do it mattson tells tom all he wants from him is a to be a pain sponge when mattson's under the hood doing what he loves it's pretty funny imagery once again and tom is happy to be his pain sponge and then greg comes over for a check-in and instead of breaking the incredible news to greg he fucks with him further Tells Greg he's going to take a massive pay cut, but he thinks maybe he can keep it. Poor Greg. Tom's such a dick to him, even when things are going well, you know? Yeah, poor Greg. I mean, that was a smart move, though, like, because Greg has been, like, leaking all kinds of information. Right. Like, to not tell Greg right there. I mean, he still figures it out, but, or still figures out about shit, at least. Well, I don't know that it was smart, right? Because if he had told him, I'm going to be CEO and you're going to be, like, my right-hand man, then he wouldn't have leaked the news. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And giving them the time to try and launch their defensive. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're totally right. But ultimately, it's smart because he's playing both sides and whoever wins, he's going to probably have a job if he can get away with it without being outed, which he doesn't, but he still gets a job. Right. And here's when Greg opens a translation app to eavesdrop on Lucas and Oscar, where he learns Shiv's getting shivved. I was really proud of him for the translation app thing. Yeah. I didn't know that that was something that you could do. But, Me neither. Um, they were so smart. It's amazing. I know. And Caroline's offering a light dinner. It's lightly implied that's something she's always done, which also like checks out. She's definitely the type of mom to point out when her kids have gained a pound or two or something. I bet she underfed them. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> and Caroline says she doesn't want the business at the table, but first she does weigh in briefly, correctly saying that maybe this Matson offer is the perfect opportunity for them to wash their hands of this toxic fucking company. And Kendall just wants an apology from Italy. Rather than engage, Caroline's going to go get Peter and his friend. And then you learn that the kids were invited for a pitch, not a clear air. Greg calls Kendall with the knowledge to take down solar systems. If Kendall will give him something amazing, the full quad. Uh, I love that the quad squad is still around and it's all he wants. I realize it's actually the money he wants, but it's just kind of cute. He's like, I want to be one of you. (laughs) Part of the four quad. It sounds like Peter's friend is pitching some sort of like shittier living plus or something when Kendall interrupts and pulls the siblings out and breaks the news to Shiv. Yeah, it did sound like it was like a living plus copycat, but... Yeah, but shitty. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Without any of the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. Without the famous people wandering by. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Caroline was like, oh yeah, come here, I'm trying to look after you. No, really, Peter and his mate want to give you a pitch. And she's so mad, she was like, how dare you leave the table? It's so rude. <laughs> right, and this guy's flown in from Monaco, so like it was definitely all arranged for yeah. this purpose. He doesn't have much time. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he has to watch his time. He can only be in Barbados for a certain amount, I guess. 
Maybe he actually has a scheduled flight to get back out instead of a private jet. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Now Kendall breaks the news to Shiv. Lucas is fucking Shiv. And it's kind of nice Kendall confirmed it with more than one source before breaking it to her. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know that he did that to be nice, but... I think he seemed genuinely sorry for her. Like, he's not not sorry that it happened, (laughs) but I think he's sorry that she's... that it crushed her. Right. I agree. But yeah, he wouldn't change it or anything. Right. And Kendall asks, you know, have you noticed a little cooling, which she obviously has. And then when she calls Matson, he doesn't pick up. And then he tells her to call Carolina because she's been erased from the New Deal announcement. That's pretty solid proof. I like how they just hear her yelling motherfucker to confirm to them that she's probably back on their side. But Kendall thinks it's just hard for her. LOL. Rome's like, yes, that's very apparent. <laughs> and then three of them call Telly Bear, who starts to talk shit about Shiv before... Kendall interrupts, like, oh, yeah, she was on this call. The hate is mutual, it seems. She had already said she hates them. But he advises them they need a coherent plan at the board meeting, and the incredible fuck brother bandwagon isn't working. They need one name with business chops. And so commences a repeat of honeymoon states. Who's it going to be? They all want it to be themselves, and they all reveal the big secret that dad told each of them it would be them. Classic abuse that means nothing. Kind of funny when Kendall's like, well, dad told me when I was seven, so he told me first. And that should hold up. But he does acknowledge that it's completely fucked up that Logan put this in his head at such a young age that he was going to be king of Waystar. And you said it best, Violet, that he's just basically been hostage ever since. To that idea, it's very sad. Yeah, it's pretty awful. I feel like he, I mean, at that young, you can't you can't even figure out what you want to do with your life because you're just focused on this prize right. that's being dangled over you. Yeah, you never have to think about what you're what you like or what you want to do from then on yeah like okay this is what i'm supposed to do my dad said so and then he holds it from him forever Mm -hmm. anyway the argument continues kendall points out rome choked at the funeral and maybe that's a good thing maybe he's a good person and ken's a business asshole but roman can't do it then roman exits the scene and it's down to shiv and kendall Kendall tells her he fucking loves her, but it can't be her. Yesterday she was singing Matson song and he thinks anybody from the outside world would say it should be kendall for a million reasons which is true I liked when Roman was like, well, Logan told me this. And she's like, what else did he say when no one was around? That he was the Zodiac killer? That he did too, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Like, he would literally tell them anything. Right. Classic Logan. And then they walk down to the beach, kind of knowing that they're going to accept Kendall at this point. And he's like carefully talking about fiefdoms and such. And Kendall goes for a swim while Shiv and Roman talk it out with their obvious conclusion looming. They lay out their options. Shut up the shop and give the keys to some business school dry cleaner or it's one of them and they go back over the reasons they won't support each other. With Roman pointing out Matson played her like a fiddle or a pregnant cello. Uh, he even apologized for that. She seemed out of character. And Shiv says she hates Ken but she fears Rome. And then they talk about the other compelling option that they haven't discussed yet. Just murdering him. They have a good laugh discussing that before finally giving in and agreeing. Shall we? And they swim out to Kendall, laying on the dock, looking down at them in the water to give him the news he wants so badly. He is to be anointed. And their delivery is kind of sweet. Yeah, see, I like really like this scene, and then it all fucked up again later on. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, they're finally on each other's side. Nope, it's fucked again. <laughs> yeah, like from the beach all the way through the reallocation is really nice, all of it together, you know? Yeah. And then obviously it gets fucked, but, but they're so sweet, like, 
know, the way that they're delivering this news just seemed really nice to me and how yeah. happy he was. And then she's like, you can smile. Yeah, I know. That was fucking hot. Like what happens later? That was. Uh huh. I mean, you know that she didn't know what she was going to do in this moment, but uh, it was just so nice. Yeah, an abundance mm-hmm. of nice, as she said. Yeah, for a brief while. I love how when they move away from the business, they can actually like exist together and be somewhat happy. Like even though it's fleeting, like the company ruined them. Like they become hostile and like extra selfish yeah. when they're around the company, and when they get away from it, even just for like a day, they kind of come back to the family and can have some semblance of a relationship with each other that's not based yeah. on fucking each other over <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right even in their physical location like in in the office well, i don't know if that will happen again because i <laughs> not a while anyway especially with what happens at the end yeah i mean i don't know every episode they were very forgiving i'm sure shiv and roman will uh yes. shiv and roman, shiv and roman can probably will. patch things up i don't know well that. they didn't even like by the end, Roman was unhappy that she was voting no, you know? So, like, Shiv and Roman, I don't think have a problem at the moment. And also, Roman no. is the only person that ends the series happy and content. So, Shiv and Roman don't have a problem. But, yeah, Kendall, I don't know when Kendall will come around. But every episode, I was like, oh, they're not going to be talking next episode. And then they were in a car together. So, mm-hmm. they have an amazing ability to forgive each other. Yeah. I don't know about this. It'll take a while, probably. Yeah. I think it'll work out, though, because I feel like... Anyway, when, yeah, once Kendall gets out from under this thought of this being his whole purpose in life, I think he will be able to yeah. communicate with them. Or yeah. I also think if he finds something else to do yeah. like that he enjoys, like he could definitely like realize that. He's better off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just fucking bored. They don't have anything to do. They're just rich and they don't like the whole <laughs> thing of like running the company was something to do for them. I mean, obviously there was yeah. more to it. Like, Logan's fucking, you know, their dad's legacy. But ultimately, I think they're really fucking bored. Yeah, because it's not like the stakes are we can't pay our mortgage without this job. Like, it was just like, yeah, yeah. they just need something to occupy their time and to make them feel powerful. Right. Yeah. It's really cute even when they were, like, impersonating Kendall. Like, when they were saying that they're going to murder him. And he was like, dude, did you just try to murder me? Like, that is so not (laughs) actually what you're meant to do. And it's... It's not a good thing to do. You guys are the worst. <laughs> you guys just murdered me. How dare you? <laughs> I actually have more. I have a comment on that in like the kitchen scene. I will return to that. It was funny. The whole way they're talking to each other is so different than we've ever seen on the show too. In these two scenes, yeah. like the beach and the kitchen, it's just more like loose and yeah, sarcastic in like a fun way not in like a i'm being mean to you insulting you yeah really offensive way where they're trying to hurt each other yeah yeah and like even roman like with the comment that you said kate where he said the cello line and then apologized for it right which was weird they're just being more they're trying to be lighter and it's like he slipped back into something kind of mean and then he was like oh sorry like we're yeah that's a good point we're, we're not we're doing a lighter thing today yeah <laughs> right <laughs> i'm not used to this just slipped out <laughs> i think also roman does tend to have i think he feels like something with the pregnancy like any kind of jabs at her about that or about her child is like yeah. a step too far fucked up right because he does it again later too yeah although he then attacks kendall's kids so I don't know. But yes, I know what you mean. I see that. Uh, good point. Good point. No, no, but I see it. But it's I guess different. it's it's his sister. So it's like. Exactly. It's... Different. Yeah. Yeah. 
the fact that this all happens in the water, I think, is interesting because yeah like, Ken- Kendall spends so much of his unhappy times staring out at the water and then mm-hmm. in this season both times he's been in the water he's been like on top mm-hmm. oh good point he waded into the ocean after what the living plus beach yeah mm-hmm. it was a high for him though and like in the water he's happy and then you know obviously this episode ends with him like miserably staring out at the water yeah and talking about water is like in season three, he almost drowns. Uh, right. He, like, drinks too much in the water. Yeah. And there was a scene in season two where and they were on the yacht where he was in the uh, hot tub, I think, hot just tub. looking up at the sky. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. obviously, the kid died in the water, so. There's just a lot of water kindle. Yes. Yeah. And then commences possibly the best night of his siblings together ever, for all we know, as they make Kendall a meal fit for a king to anoint him. There's a game we used to play in college called King's Cup, where you basically pour like all this shit into a cup in the middle of the game, and whoever loses has to drink it. Yeah. So it took me <laughs> back to the good old days. Yeah, it definitely seemed like something they'd been doing like since their childhood, right? Yeah. Like, a game they played. Because the way they said, a meal fit for a king, and then everybody like knew what was happening. They immediately went to work, uh-huh. right? <laughs> it was adorable. Okay, so this is when I was going to revisit that conversation. In the light of day, this sounds completely insane, but last night I genuinely thought they might be poisoning him because of their earlier conversation and because I knew from the preview that Kendall's going to have Roman's, you know, face against the wall in the board meeting. I started thinking, oh my God, like the way they were talking about how annoying he'd be if they tried to murder him and failed, or even if they just poisoned him enough to make him like super sick so he couldn't make it to the meeting. Anyway. Yeah. Throughout mm-hmm. the whole scene last night when I was watching it for the first time, I was very erroneously thinking, are they going to poison him? I mean, that is interesting. Every- everything that's happy or like, maybe not happy. I'm yeah, happy. You can't trust. For a moment, yeah. you probably question. Yeah, you can't trust it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing, but I also thought like, if he drinks that, is he just going to get like food poisoning and not be able to make <laughs> it like with all that expired shit that she had in the fridge? So. Yeah. <laughs> And the Tabasco, and you're right, it probably didn't even require poison, that would make you sick. But, yeah. anyway, that was wrong. So yeah, watching it through the second time, it was very sweet how happy they all are, even Shiv and Roman. You're right though, Violet, I think like a big part of my doubt was just not being able to trust the kids being happy and nice with each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. Too weird. Like, what are they up to? <laughs> right. Yeah. But they were, and it's adorable. And then Caroline comes in, Kendall proudly tells her the news. I thought that was cute, too. And he's yeah. tapping his head with the spatula Oh, when they were talking about, like, anointing him as king. And <laughs> it's just the sweetest fucking scene. But Caroline freaks the fuck out when they touch Peter's cheese. And then she, <laughs> and then she offers them some frozen knobbies. Oh. <laughs> That's just the end of it. End of the loaf of bread, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't know that word for it. I'm going to call them nobbies from now on. Because I love the nobby. What? I love the end of the bread. I do too. I thought everyone threw them away. No. no. I like them toasted. Yes, they're crunchy. What the heck? Yeah, they get crunchy. I had no idea. Yeah, yummy. Toast them up, put some butter on, delicious. I love that nob. <laughs> like, different from the bread? I mean, except worse? I don't know. <laughs> So good. Weird. I love the end of everything. You know when you get it's blown my mind. You know when you get garlic bread and like you cut yeah. the ends off. Like I always go for the end bit. Oh no, the inside is so good. With the most bread, like I need the bread. That is so strange. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Su- I'm not sure if I'm on board with that. <laughs> but <laughs> like you have to, you have to soak it in oil or something. 
because I feel like it's it gets chewy. It'd be hard. Maybe I just like bread. I like yeah. I mean, it's I would eat any bread. Like it's I'm not saying I wouldn't eat it if it was in front of me. Right. Oh, it needs to be crunchy. If I'm if I'm crunchy. Okay, good. It needs to be crunchy. There we go. We're on the same page. Can't be like you know like soft kind of thing. I don't like crunchy. Excuse me. I like soft. I even like soggy. Like I like Ooh, bread no. and soup. Oh, I like bread and soup. But how can you not like crunchy? Ew, no. Ick, ick, ick. Do you not like the edges of brownies either? No, I do not. I like soft. Soft. Super soft. Yeah. Give me the inside. The crispy brownie edges. So good. Do you have one of those pans that makes the whole thing edges? <gasps> I don't, but it's a it's a fantastic idea. It's basically it like has like a divider in it, right? So that everything it is just has more dividers. Yeah. It looks like a maze sort of, but yeah, it makes everything edges. Kimberly, <laughs> like wow, You're delighted. I'm yeah. delighted and also disgusted at Kate not like crunchy. You guys are so weird. All right, so fine. More for us. You're the weird one. It's two against one. I will try and accept that you eat the ends of the bread loaf, but um, it's a knobby. It's pretty you now. It has a name. Try making a knobby grilled cheese and then report back. Oh yeah. Oh god, that sounds. <laughs> I, I can't even picture it without feeling sick. <laughs> Don't actually put the cheese on a real knob. Okay, just put it on. <laughs> uh, I was going to get confused by that probably, so thank you. <laughs> hey, wait, okay. I need clarification on one item. Do you guys call them nobbies, or is that new from this episode? No, never heard I've that never before. heard of it. But you will from now on, of course, but... Yeah, I will from now on. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an English thing, I don't know. All right, one more knobby question. Why would you freeze them? It's probably because if the bread's gonna go moldy yeah. they're so special no like if you freeze bread it's got like usually you don't want it to go moldy like especially over here when it's like really hot like you put it in the freezer like if you're not gonna eat it quickly like you're just saving it for a special occasion because they're so delicious what no it goes moldy why wouldn't you eat them first it goes bad quick i freeze bread here you freeze bread all right I don't know. The whole world is a new place to me. Maybe he can't get through all these nobbies, like, super quick. Yeah, he can't, yeah. Oh, no, she can't <laughs> get through the nobbies. Like, does she eat the nobbies? Like, she must eat the nobbies. Uh, yeah, because he doesn't like them, right? So he's just yeah. putting them in the freezer because he's like, someone will eat them, but it's not going to be me. Uh, yeah. And she's like, she probably eats, like, three lettuce leaves for dinner every night. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picture that. She only has a nobby on a very special occasion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get back on track, you people. I love when Caroline first walks in and when she asks what they're doing and Shiv looks up and she goes, we're making a meal fit for a king. Yeah. Aww. And Caroline is like, all right, everyone settle down. Peter's trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. totally like they're like, you know, eight years old and yeah. causing chaos in the middle of the night. I know, and it makes her happy. Good mom for one second. Oh, yeah, that's my next note. Caroline has another mom moment. Happy they're all getting along, even though they're not taking her advice. And, oh, my God, the expression on Shiv's face above the blender as she catches the knobbies is the most genuinely happy I've ever seen anybody in my life, and I look forward to that collage, Kimberly. (laughs) It's so so cute. Adorable. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like Caroline's comment, too, about the cheese when she says that's Peter's cheese. She says, he gets really boring about it. Yeah. (laughs) Boring about it. (laughs) <laughs> what a great way to describe it. Uh, and then they proceed to mimic Caroline after she leaves, and it's hysterical. And yeah. as they're adding everything gross they can find into the blender while singing a meal fit for a king. 
And then Shiv spits in it as a cherry on top as she hands it to handle to drink up. Honestly, that's the least of what I wouldn't drink from that blender. Really? That took it over the edge for me. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, that took it way over the edge for me. (laughs) I couldn't drink the Tabasco and all the, no. Pickle juice? Oh, fuck no. I'll drink spit over pickle juice. Pickle juice is delicious, right? I love pickles. Okay. We can never eat together, but that's okay because we live on different continents. <laughs> you miss like one of the funniest bit where freaking Roman is just licking that cheese up and down. <laughs> oh my god, yes! How did I not do that? How did I not write that? It's so funny. He's licking it so much, and everything he's saying as he's doing it, I can't stop licking it. And he's like, Mummy, Mummy, I'm licking Peter's yeah. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I hope they had like so much fun filming it. It looks like it would have yeah, been I such a fun scene to film. So I guess the spit doesn't really matter like in the grand scheme of things as if they are going to eat that cheese that Romans just <laughs> shit out of. I don't, they don't eat it though, do they? Maybe we don't see them making a knobby cheese sandwich. <laughs> they could have after that. She dropped all the bread in the blender, I think. I don't know. Oh, what? Really? I thought that, but I could be wrong. That's a waste of nobbies if she did. (laughs) No, that's exactly what I would... That's the only way I can eat a nobby. (laughs) You have to choke the nobbies down? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, Like a hot dog competition. Dip it in milk and shove it down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so Kendall actually drinks it, and they're both, like, staring at it from underneath, like, is this really happening? Gross. (laughs) Uh, but he does. And then when he puts it down, Rome takes his hat off because kings don't wear silly hats. They wear crowns and dumps the rest on his head. Oh. I love how Kendall knows what they're going to do right, right yeah. when he takes. As soon as he's like, they wear crowns, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> even even Shiv is like, no, no, no. And then he does it and she yells, yeah. mom. <laughs> That's my favorite part. And then it cuts away. Yeah. The, the editing there was like amazing. <laughs> oh it's so adorable it's like she's six years old right (laughs) and the happiness continues into their morning departure with caroline and peter seeing them off when they're leaving caroline's house though right as they're pulling away she says go away oh yeah (laughs) as they're driving off yeah that was so funny yeah (laughs) i was like remember last night you said i love you too you were kind of winning some points and then you just told your kids to go away. <laughs> and it's her last it's her last words of the series, right? Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's kind of delightful actually. It is. I like her. That's it for Harriet Walter, but like she just crushed these last two episodes. I mean, she crushed the whole yeah. show as Caroline. Like such a good character. Yeah. Such a shitty mom. I enjoyed her definitely more though in the last like two episodes. Couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as they disembark the plane, Shiv's on the phone with Connor. She doesn't know if there'll be time, but we learn he wants them to go to the great reallocation of Logan's things. I love the words in this show. And there's Colin. Yeah. Colin's got his job for Ken. He opens the door for Kendall, and then they're in their dad's house as Connor explains the sticker system, which he's put a lot of thought into. Yes. Even the ties will be sorted by the TBSPCs. High-breaking, stickering, perambulating circuit. That was so great. <laughs> and kids are just having so much fun with each other still, you know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Shiv, like, turning to them and, like, doing the abbreviations was so adorable. Translating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you see Carrie in the other room, in the second-tier room. Anyway, the games began, and we learned there was a first round that consisted of Connor solely. And he, like, laughs, <laughs> so cute when he admits it. That was so cute, Yeah. 
And then there's some real sad news. Connor's moving to Slovenia by himself and Will is going to live in the New York City apartment. Mm. A very long distance relationship. Add a little spice to the marriage. Roman calls that the second week itch. Shiv points out. If Minka doesn't win, Willa gets to keep Connor all to himself. And then Willa looks like <laughs> terrified. I was sad about that. They've been like good this season. Yeah. And I just left them be. It seems like they are obviously looking into the uh, missing ballots and Mencken might not actually mm-hmm. be the winner. Yeah, that sounded promising. Right. Yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> like, we'll never know, but I hope that happens. And I really am bummed that they did that to Willa and Connor instead of just... Yeah, I'm sad too that this is like the only thing we see of them this episode like i would have really liked more like being the last episode especially yeah i think connor deserved willa oh, yeah and I yeah i think so i think they definitely do. and even carrie like we only see a tiny glimpse of her like in the background like we could have seen maybe a tiny scene you know what i mean yeah. i would have loved that i totally agree i also think though like part of the thing about this episode is that there aren't a lot of conclusions to anyone's story. Right. Like it's just, you're just how they want seeing a piece of it. And so, yeah, yeah they don't want to like everybody's lives are complicated. Things are going to be good and bad on different days. And it just kind of fades out. Yeah. Uh, which is more like life. Right. Yeah. I'm surprised Marsha wasn't there. Yeah. It's kind of like every episode, <laughs> every season right. or, you know, yeah. the same thing really that um, you're right. So, mm. I do really like, though, that nobody was actually angry with Connor for doing the first pass through the stuff. They just kind of laugh it off and move on. Like, yeah, yeah. that seemed kind of like something they would have usually made a big deal out of before. Uh Yeah. But it's almost like they're riding a high from like being a little team together and they're not stressing about things like that. I know. Mm -hmm. Adorable. Yeah. And Connor's laugh is so cute. It's all just so cute still for like another second. Then they walk into the dining room where there's a dinner with Logan playing on the screen and they all really enjoy it. Logan's reciting a list of presidential losers. The losers list. Yeah. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> that felt so Logan to have memorized a list of losers. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I loved seeing him again, too. I didn't expect that. I didn't know he was in this. Yeah. Uh, me mm-hmm. neither. He had said once in an interview that he was in a later episode, and then I thought it was just the Living Plus thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. But this was, like, a very nice send-off, because it, it's Logan at his best, and it's got mm-hmm. yeah. everybody's there. Like, Jerry does her limerick, and then Connor imitates Logan before we get Carl singing. I was I was hoping Frank was going to sing, too, since we just asked him out on our interview last Me week. Me, too! Yeah. I was like, maybe he was trying not to tell us, but he I actually know. did get to sing. <laughs> I know, but he didn't. Suck. He was the only one that didn't do a little thing, and I was upset about that. No, he didn't perform in the talent show. I'm bummed. Yeah. He could have done a little puppet show. Maybe it's like Peter said, though, like he's, Frank is not, he doesn't feel like he can just pull stuff like that out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you're right. I really liked it, too, because you don't really see Logan. We never really saw Logan just kind of chilling and having fun really and this was just like right right it's really good i would hang out with that logan he seemed like very laid back there and even like connor making fun of him and doing his voice and stuff which was great the teapot yeah yeah Yeah, that was a great inclusion in the episode a nice little send-off and and the kids you know they all reach out to hold each other and they're crying and it was just really sweet and all, all three of them are sitting on the floor too, right? Like in front of the TV. Yeah. And when Roman, like, does a little 
moment where when Jerry comes on is when Roman like looks and he's like getting really teary and he like sits down on the floor like yeah that was definitely I think also because of her he's very affected by her yeah yeah mm-hmm. I'm really bummed that that was not pursued or addressed yeah that's one thing about the episode that I probably thought was missing was um you know Frank Carl jerry right like we didn't jerry said nothing like we saw her like through the you know the window or whatever but that i thought was just a little bit missing because like they've been in it since the beginning i was hoping for at least a scene like or you know what i mean they've been such a big part of it the seasons yeah especially that i agree they needed a scene to wrap that you know yeah them together i guess you get carl and frank you do get that scene, yeah. but I do wish that Jerry had been included in that too. Yeah. I liked the yeah, their little golden parachutes moment was, yeah, was nice. Was <laughs> but yeah, Jerry's only lines were in the video, right? Like the limerick. Yeah. Yep. So she yeah. didn't say anything later. Right. Yeah, which was seriously surprising. And then Tom comes to chat with Shiv and Shiv tells him the Manson deal's fucked. He feigns shock and she reveals she learned it from Greg, which is obviously gonna piss him off. When Tom gets all, maybe you should vote it through, though. She sees right through him and puts it together. Yeah. With one look, he folds and tells her. And she is pissed. She calls him an empty fucking suit, wishes him luck, and pieces out. He starts off so good with the lie, too, though, I think. Like, pretending to be shocked by it. Yeah. And then he just rides it too hard. Like, at the beginning, where he's like, whoa, what? Like, it seemed like I believed that. Right. He also shouldn't have told her to vote it through, because it just doesn't make any logical sense from his scenario. But whatever, she's going to find out. He just tells her, but that actually gives them a fair amount of time to like pull their shit together. So maybe not the best decision, but yeah, she could already tell. But knowing it like does, I think, in the moment seem like a bad, it seemed like a bad choice in the moment for him to tell her that. But then later when she switches, it's like, obviously knowing that Tom's the one yeah, helps her make that choice not to vote for Kendall. Right. A lot of complicated feelings going on, but for now she's just furious and she hightails it to the boys and leads them out to go fuck him. Yeah. The music was so good, like, and the way, like, they just focused on her walking, like, yeah, good luck, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> bye. Yeah, she felt very, like, powerful there and I liked it a lot. <laughs> and the boys were shocked. Hey? Oh, yeah, definitely. And one of my favorite lines, probably, the episode was, you blink and you miss it. Like, I start, kind of caught it from the subtitles the first go-round. Roman's yeah. like, fucked by the dry cleaner. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, that's how he called it uh, in Barbados, right? You're like, we could hand the keys over to the, yeah. the business school dry cleaner. Anyway, uh, Tom asks for a word with Greg, and in the bathroom when he hits Tom, Greg slaps him hard, which was impressive. Yeah. Which was awesome and I enjoyed watching over and over again a few times. <laughs> it was such a hard slap. I love it though. The rest of their tussle is not very impressive and Tom leaves with his stickers in hand, which will come into play later. Oh god. And on Tom's way out, he calls Matson about the big fucking problem they have. And then we see Matson come into the room screaming. Another shot from the preview. The preview gave away too much me thinks. That shot of Tom walking with his team behind him had everybody thinking he was going to win. And then he won. Especially as the episode goes on. Man, I didn't watch the preview. That was smart. I was like, I can't. I don't want to see a second. <laughs> yeah, because you saw, you saw Matson being furious. You saw Tom walking into the office with his team behind him. And as... The episode goes on, you know, you haven't seen that scene yet, but it's going to happen. Looking like really smug. And then you also saw Kendall shoving Roman's face up against the wall, clearly in like the board meeting. So you kind of could guess the direction 
before this went. Unfortunately. And the kids are walking into the office, like, feeling very confident. Carolina walks alongside Shiv. She wants Hugo fired. Why? Do you guys know why she wants Hugo fired? Do they just do similar things? Or is, like, it sounded personal she said it. Yeah. I think they do do very similar things. If I remember, I think Hugo only came into the show when they were dealing with the cruise ship situation. That's when we're introduced to him, I think. But they stayed around. So she may be worried that they're going to pick only one of them to to stay with the company. Yeah, that sounds right. Carolina had, there were like several things that I couldn't figure out what she was up to. She said she was up to something a little bit, you know? Yeah, I agree. Because then later when they, when like Tom's looking for her and stuff and it's like, what is she doing? Yeah. I didn't quite follow that. I agree. I was confused by that. But she's one of the only people that's like probably safe either way. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Maybe Kendall. Would... No, I think he needs her. And Hugo just does like the dirty work. Well, Carolina wasn't on the hit list, so. Yeah. Kill list. Kill list. Oh, but you know what? That's a good point, Kate, because Kendall and Hugo have their little yeah. buddy up. Right. So maybe she went to Shiv to try to break that up. Right. Because I don't think Shiv knows about, I mean, nobody knows about all of that, like, mm-hmm. that Hugo's been kind of blackmailed by Kendall, so. That blackmail situation still bugs me so much because it's not up to Kendall, like, the regulatory people are going to see that fucking trade. It's not like Kindle has nothing to do with whether Hugo gets in trouble for that trade or not. Mm-hmm. It'd be more like Carolina or other people. But... Kindle just acts all powerful about everything. Like he's just like, I can do it. It's fine to everyone. Right. Even if he has none. Yeah. And then we see Frank running. So the old guard knows they may be fucked. They want the deal. Hugo's waiting for the kids. Kindle visually asks permission before sitting in Logan's seat, which they grant, but then they kind of look freaked out. And then Stewie comes in. There's not been enough Stewie this season. No. I love Arian. And Kendall offers him a job as chair, but Stewie says his weird sex and bad drug habits would be bad for optics. And then we learn he kisses guys when he's doing Molly. No big deal, Stewie. It's okay. (laughs) When Roman sees Jerry, he gets fucked up again, which, like, you can tell really confuses Kendall. And then Roman starts to spiral, tries to actually bail to call into the vote. And Kendall gets up to rein him in. Roman's having a whole it should be me moment at the very last minute because his cut on his face doesn't look that bad. So Kendall makes it look bad. He starts with a hug and then presses so hard on the cut it's bleeding, making Roman look on the outside the way he feels inside probably. And it works. He knows how to handle his brother, how to manipulate him. Also, it makes Roman look like a villain for the rest of the episode. It really transformed his face for me. He's the Joker. Yeah, I mean, he is a little bit that feel right i liked when stewie was well i liked when candle called stewie's g-pop yeah i like that too it was cute and like you said i wanted to see more stewie this scene i feel like we didn't get enough yeah i'm glad that they at least worked in like a scene but i wanted in the finale i mean but i would have liked more stewie yeah why um what was the candle and roman scene kind of confused me like when uh roman was like crying and then Kendall was giving him a hug and he was like pushing his head like right into his shoulder to fuck his thing up and then Kendall was pushing his head harder like what was that all about? I think it like kind of hails to the last episode when at the end he you know he's feeling miserable mentally and emotionally and he walks outside Mm -hmm. and then is like seeking like physical pain. I think that he's just kind of like a fucked up way of 
dealing with things and Kendall knows that and knows how to manipulate him or what he's looking for. He wants like that physical to match the mental. I don't know. What did he mean? What did Roman mean when he was like saying, you know, it should have been me and I look like this. And he's just like spiraling and latching on to something random. Yeah, it was very, very random. I was like, what are you even talking about right now? I kind of wondered if him saying it, if if he was saying it almost like knowing that it wasn't true. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like saying it and pointing at his head like I'm losing it. Yeah. And then also saying something that doesn't fit with what he, the motion he's doing. Right. I think it just goes along with his character and even his like weird sex, like have to make it weird. I don't know. He's just unusual that's a good good word <laughs> i think you're right kate about the the purpose of the pain like i mean kendall has to rein roman in in like minutes to deal with the right the, the uh, vote so knowing that's what happened last time and also i feel like what you said in the description of the scene where he's like making it look worse it's kind of right too but it's like he's it's almost like he's highlighting why it can't be roman Right. Yeah. If that's your reason, then here, look at what it actually looks like. Right. Exactly. Let me show you the reason more clearly. Right. It's interesting. On his way out, Roman drops one of my favorite slogans, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. An odd thing to say after that scene, but I liked it. And now it's meeting time. The Sandys have arrived. Frank's looking at the kids through the glass. Ewan's here. I love him. Shiv's looking a little freaked out already, I thought. And then Frank calls the meeting to order and quickly hands it off to Kendall, who just says the Gojo is a bad deal. And if they want to go through with it, they have to fire him. Roman's just tending to his cut. Neither Roman or Shiv are watching, like, Kendall. As he ends saying, no one's going to have their minds changed in here. Which is exactly what happens. So they move directly to the vote. Frank votes yes. Sonya votes yes. Diane, yes. Kendall, no. The Sandys vote two yeses. Dewey's a no. Human is a witch, apparently. First, do no harm. Isn't that like a witch slogan? Like Wiccan slogan? I think it's a doctor slogan, isn't it? It's part of the Hippocratic Oath. Okay. Yeah. And then nay. I like the nay. <laughs> also needed more Ewan. I wanted him to make a little speech before. I like how he's also wanting to keep the business in the family, even though he fucking hates the business. That's <laughs> shocking, honestly. Like, yeah, it is. what did it mean then when he was looking at Kendall after his speech at the funeral? Like, I thought he wouldn't want him to become Logan, so he would definitely vote to get them out of the deal, you know? Yeah. I remember even when they had the, um, back in the day, in the earlier seasons, yeah. he always, he was always on Logan's side. Like, even yeah. though he hated everything about what he did and right. the business so very intriguing yeah i mean i think also like kendall seeing kendall step up and like actually pull out a good speech like that probably made him think like well, maybe kendall can handle this yeah stewie declares himself team ken and votes no rome hesitates but votes no this time and then it's all on shiv who is choking and she spins around and leaves the room the boys follow her kendall first and roman a moment later she just wants a moment to think and kendall's like think about what giving the company to tom and the piece of shit that killed our dad kendall describes himself as a cog built to fit only one thing this company and shiv's like it's not all about you. You think it is, but it's not. And Kendall literally says he will die if he doesn't get to do this and begs her. And then she finally brings up the death. You can't be CEO because you killed someone. And then he says he made that all up. 
He says he made it all up so that they would bond. And this pisses Roman off. It was a move. And that cements Shiv's decision. No. And Roman agrees with her now. He's like, no fucking way. She tells Kendall she loves him. She really loves him, but she can't fucking stomach him. And then he literally yells, I'm the eldest boy at her. Which kind of made me laugh because it's pathetic and sad. And he's done now. Yeah. And not true. It's Sh- Shiv says, no, you're not. Yeah. yeah. In the scene, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. 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 But do you remember that? Do you remember the scene in season three, like at the back end in Connor? Mm-hmm. Like they basically forgot about Connor. Yeah. He was like, actually, I'm, I'm the eldest. Boy. Yeah. He's, and, I think he says, I'm the eldest son. Yeah. It's like yeah. slightly less childish, yeah. but it's the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, and then, but in that moment, they were like, well, you know, and now she's just like, no, you're not. You're not the eldest. Right. <laughs> Someone finally thinks about Connor. Yes. Anyway, now Roman hits Kendall with a real low blow. Even Shiv seems to wish he hadn't. Shiv's got the bloodline in her stomach right now because Logan apparently thought Kendall's kids aren't his. One's a buy-in, Sophie, who's adopted, and the other is Rava's and some filing cabinet guy. <laughs> Like, in that moment, I was just like, wow, okay. That was really low. Like, really low. Even Kendall being not a great father, like, hearing that would, like, really cut you, like, inside. Like For Shiv to protest and say, like, Rome, in this scene, like, you know, you know that it's low if she thinks that it was too much. And Kendall attacks with everybody watching through the glass, proving Logan right. They are not serious people. He shoves Roman against the wall. And when Shiv tries to leave, he grabs her to try to physically keep her from leaving the room, which makes Roman pull him off and yell, she's fucking pregnant, you piece of shit, which I thought was sweet. I don't know why I'm obsessed with these little sibling moments, but. Gotta grasp what you can get. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) true. Grasping at straws. Uh, she does get out and she walks to the boardroom to obviously vote her yes on the Gojo deal while Kendall and Roman stay in the room. Kendall's still desperately searching for an angle as Roman tells him it's over. It's just fucking bits of glue and broken shows, phony news. It's fucking nothing. And you're bullshit. I'm bullshit. She's bullshit. We're all just bullshit. So once again, Kendall gets so close only for it to be ripped out from under him. Honestly, Ugh. like, like you yeah. said, Violet, this is the best thing that could happen for him. As long as he doesn't kill himself first. They were at their best at the beginning of the season when they had nothing to do with the company. Then Kendall, before he walks out, he walks back into the boardroom and pathetically tries to like cancel the meeting and reschedule it until Frank gets through to him like he did with Logan's death. It's over. Seven to six, we sell to Gojo. You don't have it. And so Kendall gets on the elevator and leaves right before we see Tom walking smugly down the hall with his team behind him. The scene from the preview. I actually, I really wanted that deal to go, uh, not to go through. I don't know why. Uh, just didn't. Even though I know Logan want, wanted that deal. You're not going to honor Logan's wishes, Kimberly. <laughs> Shame on you. I was so set on the kids finally, like, having some kind of, you know. Evil empire? Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I like the... um thought of Shiv actually going in there and changing, mm-hmm. you know, the news and, uh-huh. you know, thinking that they could actually be better. <laughs> yeah. I really like, I mean, it's, it comes down to Shiv's vote, which is interesting. Right. And I feel like I the like fact that, that she, yeah, that she had the power in that moment to sway the entire thing. Yeah. I think it was like, she knew then, okay, if I go with Kendall, I'm, tell- I'm 
letting go of ever being at the top because he's going to take the company, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm admitting defeat in a way. But then the other option is Tom, who if she votes for him, she can maybe manipulate him again because he would respect that she did that for him. Right. And like it's it's a really the better option for her selfishly in that moment, even though both options like suck for her and she's losing either way. She would maybe get Tom so she would get something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of influence she's going to be able to have, though, because Tom's probably going to have zero influence whatsoever. He's just there to, like. But she gets him. Like, she gets his, she gets control over him again, maybe. Like, in their relationship. Maybe not now, because I think he's still in the position of power. But I think, like, for her, it's like, you know, that moment where he said, I don't think we're, we can work out. And now it's like, or I don't know if I can be with you. Now it's like, her doing this, maybe she'll get him back under her again. So do you guys think that it was literally just her talk with Tom that changed her mind? I don't think that was all of it, but I think that was a big part of it. It's so hard to, like, there's so many reasons that could have gone into what she did, like you just said, where she's going to end up. Yeah. I think the pros, the pros and cons, the pros of her voting this way were slightly outweighed voting the other way, just because it's like, I mean, she doesn't want Kendall to win. That's probably part of it too. Like, I she think seeing him, him in be... Logan's chair changed things too. I like, yeah, yeah. Is. Like, mm-hmm. literally, if he hadn't sat in that seat, it might have been different. Because I think that she was looking at it like, I don't want him to be the king of the, you know. And then it could also like be part revenge because they did they fucked her like mm-hmm. pushed her out all season, you know. Yeah, I think there were a lot of reasons. Like a lot of things just lined up to where. She couldn't feel good about it. And what Tom said, too. She doesn't like losing. In that. I feel like she's lost either way, to be honest. She, I think so, too. But I think her having the power to make Kendall lose. She's winning in the sense that he loses more than she does. This family. Seriously. Yeah. But, like, ultimately, their whole competition is between each other, right? The whole show has just been about the siblings being, like, against each other because Logan raised them that way. So, in the end, right. she wins. I mean, if they, it's like if they're all fucked, at least they're all fucked together, kind of, you know? <laughs> like, right. I mean, it's so fucked, but exactly. Yeah, and I'm so curious, like, oh, is she going to continue, like, being part of the business? I would not want that through Tom, but obviously they do. I don't know. It's all weird. Yeah, I and mean, it would be nice. It would be better for her, healthier for her to get out now, like, for all of them to get out now and do, you know, their own careers right. separate from each other and separate from the business, but... I don't know with they her can go do with, the or with her like implying that she might stay with Tom. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't know yeah, if she'll I think the car scene. do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. The car scene implied that she's going to be the queen of the kingdom or try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks very regal, like the king and queen. Yeah, it was very like king and queen shot. Mm-hmm. We do get one last Frank and Carl scene. Makes me happy. They're discussing their future. Golden parachute or one last rodeo? And I like how Frank was like shocked by Carl's debating that. Frank just thinks they should have slit his throat in the cradle. They were talking about Tom there, right? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of shocked that <laughs> Carl was thinking about staying in when he is obviously does not like Tom <laughs> at all. True. I mean, I don't think either one of them will be sad when Matson pushes them out. <laughs> no, definitely not. I was surprised actually they were in the photo, you know? Right. I guess no, like, official, anything official had happened yet, so they were still retaining their positions, or they thought they were at that point. Yeah, right after that, he's like, okay, you're fine. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's your stacks of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hugo tries to suck up to Tom and simply asks for Carolina and shoes him away. That's the hand gesture. Tom's finally able to fuck people over now. And then Greg comes in to feel out his future, which Tom drags out. As we hear Tom's kill list, Jerry stays, Frank and Carl dead. And now what about Greg? You fucked it, you quad man piece of shit. Greg looks really sad. And Tom looks really sad for a moment until he says, but I got you. And he puts one of his reallocation stickers on his head. (laughs) Back to the people as furniture thing he loves so much. And Greg's so relieved. And it's pretty funny that he had the stickers. I like how they did that it was funny mm-hmm. and yeah, it was dude. sweet too like the genuine like smile at him because they're like kind of this team you know it seems like Tom's going to get Jerry back Jerry back in yeah which is good but I'd like to see Jerry again yeah and about Frank and Carl he was like I really don't need those two old cunts on my shoulder yeah <laughs> I really wanted confirmation though that Tom knew that Greg didn't know that he was going to be CEO when he fucked him over yeah. Like that he went to them with the Shiv news, not knowing that, like thinking right. that they were maybe going to lose their jobs, mm-hmm. not thinking that Tom was going to be CEO. Because right. that makes a difference, obviously, for how, what his intentions were. Right. But yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. either way, Tom was okay with him at the end. And I think Tom respects people fucking each other over, like everyone in this show does. He also can't so. do anything without Greg. So that's also true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like like blaming Greg for the fish when they're at the restaurant with Matt. Yeah, exactly. He was like, Greg fucked it. <laughs> yeah, he needs him as his fault permanently forever. <laughs> yeah, he Greg is Tom's pain sponge. Yes, exactly. And it ended up like the addendum. Well, not Kendall, obviously, but I like that. It, you know, Greg's gonna be a pretty powerful person. Greg with the question mark from the addendum. <laughs> Greg with the question mark. Carl and Hugo make Roman go into the room to sign the sale at the desk with Matson for the photo op. And I'm surprised he gives in because Roman likes to like say, I, I can't do that. I can't mm-hmm. go there and do things sometimes. Lucas jokes about the return policy as they sign. And then Roman is out too. Yeah, he's like, bye. Yeah. No more Roy's in the Waystar Royco, except maybe Shiv. Lucas calls himself Jesus with his disciples, points to Greg and calls him Judas. And Tom sneaks out to tell Shiv that he's got a car in 20 if she wants to join. So they're continuing their fucked up thing. That's nice. Roman is the only one who ends the show looking fucking happy and free. And that makes me so happy. Do you think he looked really that happy? Oh, I did. Yeah. Because he kind of, he he smiles a tiny bit and then he's like, he looks sad. Oh, what did you think, Violet? I think it's mixed, but I think it's it's freedom for him. I think it's a weight lifted. Like the last few right. couple of years or however long it's been has just been like yeah. a, a huge weight and now it's off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think free was like the word that came to me the most watching that. But I really wanted Jerry to walk into the bar at the end and that is not what happened. So mm. disappointed. By I love that. that he's drinking a martini in his martini shot too. You know, the like martini shot, like the last shot. Yeah. That's what they call the last shot. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know. What are you saying? Yeah. So, like, the last shot of uh, an ep- like a show or a movie or whatever is called the martini shot. Oh, I didn't know that. And so him drinking the martini as his last shot was, like, kind of fun. Thank you for teaching me. And then Tom and Shiv end the show in the car looking like a cold-hearted king and queen. He offers his hand and she rests hers on his. Very much not holding it. Yes. Yeah. Very like regal shot. 
Also, she's now become her mom, wife to the powerful CEO, having his kid. Maybe she'll love it, though. Maybe she'll be a better mom. I wish that if it was going to go the way that it did, that somehow all three of them had gotten out of the company. But she's still kind of tied to it, you know? Yeah. You think they're going to uh, live happily ever after those two? As happy as people can be who insult each other every time uh, they see each other. <laughs> well, they've already said the worst, so it should all be gravy from here. Might be something worse that they can come up with. <laughs> yeah, once as they're fucking up their kid, yeah. <laughs> and then, sadly, Colin is following Kendall at a distance to the park like he did with Whoa. Logan in episode two, and Kendall's back to look, looking look after him instead of being in it. Kendall ends the series looking completely miserable. And he's looking lost, you know? Like, it's either. Yeah. Whereas Roman, the word that comes to me is free. Uh, for Kendall, it's definitely lost. But I do like that Colin is in the last shot of the whole series. At least. Yeah. The martini shot. I love just the parallel of Logan and Colin walking behind him. And now he's doing the same thing for, for Kendall. That was great, unless mm-hmm. it's foreshadowing for Kendall dying tomorrow. Maybe he and Colin can, like, come up with a new business. They will, as long as he can, like, literally hold it together and not kill himself. He'll find something else to do with his billions to entertain himself mm-hmm. with. I'm sure he will, yeah. It'll be a better life than maintaining this bullshit Fox News company, you know? I mean, the best thing he could do, which I don't see happening, would be take a couple years off with his billions and go, like, spend time with his kids and then figure out a new life plan. That's like the the dream scenario for Kendall, which, which yeah, he's probably not going to grasp it. Yeah, he's not going to see that that's what he should do. But no, I like the shot of him on the bench from behind that kind of it's like a similar shot to the back of Logan from the credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I can't believe it's all over. It's so sad that it's all over. Did you guys see any of that coming or what? I nothing nothing really surprised me. I I didn't do a lot of like speculating of what I thought was going to happen because I feel like it just it's changes so wildly from episode to episode like yeah. what's who's doing what and what moves <laughs> they're making, but like I don't think it was really shocking personally. Yeah, it was not same thing, exact same. It was just like pretty much as I expected. I'm not saying I called that exact scenario, but not at all like shocking to me right. how it how it played out. I guess it ended as it went. And so it shall be. And so it shall be. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is. Good note to end on. And so it is and shall be. All right. I guess that is a wrap on succession. Oh, crazy. We are researching our next show and we'll be announcing that very soon. In the meantime, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.